episode number 42.0 and it will be the only 42 because we are playing through Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes. They they've changed the name. This may actually be different. It used to be Tactical Espionage Action, but I noticed that in The Phantom Pain it's called Tactical Espionage Operations, mm. Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. So this may very well be in that same one because it is technically called Metal Gear Solid Five: Ground Zeroes. Uh, originally released um, last year, I believe, 2014. Um, and it's kind of like a prelude to The Phantom Pain. Yeah, it's certainly what it feels like. Yeah, I mean, it's not gonna, it's not very long. Uh, in fact, uh, the first time, and there goes the emails. Thanks, Dropbox. I swear to God, there's not a recording that goes by I don't get an email. Popular dude. I, I must be. Which that brought up my Phoenix Down email, so that's fine. But anyway, okay. So yeah, um, the first time I played through this, I got it. I did not, so my history with this game, I did not get it at launch. Um, in fact, I said that this was a complete ripoff when I found out this was originally, was it thirty nine ninety nine? No. I'm pretty sure it was. Was it that high? Let's find out. I thought it was 20, and I thought 20 was still high. And I had the same impression. This is a ripoff. But I still said, yeah, I'm going to get it. Let's see here. 
A Metal Gear Solid 5 Ground Zeroes gets a price cut on PS4, Xbox One. Konami is dropping the price of the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions of Metal Gear Solid 5 by $10 from $39.99 to $29.99. So originally it was $39.99. It was going to be, though. I thought it launched it at $30. No? Wasn't that uh, a pre-release $10 cut? Correct. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so thirty bucks. I I will go as far as to say I think thirty dollars is still too too high. Yeah, I would agree. Because the fur like I said, with my history with it, I got it for seven dollars on Xbox One when they had a sale. Uh and I beat it in about an hour and a half. Now by beat it you mean beat the story mission. I beat Ground Zeroes, the the original story mission, yes. Which ends up being just one mission out of many. Correct. Um, in about an hour and a half. Uh, the subsequent missions, I, I, could, I maybe got maybe four hours out of it. Um... And then I, I what, this time around, uh, I beat the main story mission in probably not even an hour. Mm. I mean, I knew exactly where to go, um, and I knew what to do. So, uh, it, when did you buy? Did you buy it, or did you get it for free? I should say. No, I bought it day one for thirty claims. Um, yeah, I, I do agree that thirty is too much. I thought then that thirty was too much, but you know, I didn't know if and when we were going to have access to it again. You know, and they said it's definitely not going to be part of Phantom Pain. Was when I def when I said, yeah, I'm I have to play this, so I guess I'm going to buy it. I could have waited, but. I don't know. I just, it was a new Metal Gear and I had to get it, which right. is funny because it also, it came out the same day as another game, I think, uh, Infamous. It might have been. I can't remember. Yeah, unless I'm misremembering. I thought it came out either the same day. And if it wasn't the same day, then I picked them up at the same day. So I got that and Infamous. And so I didn't really play this. So I, it. I, I got into the base. I played for maybe half an hour. And then I was like, all right, infamous was really the one I was most hyped for out of the two. So would you say the first time you beat this was when we played it for this? Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I just played it and just beat it for the first time a couple days ago. Hmm. Well, um, let's get into the story then. Uh, and I'm going to go straight from the wiki here because it's not really told very well when you start this game off. In fact, it's only told really through files that you can get and cassette tapes that you can listen to. And the br the, the briefing beforehand, but you got to read that stuff. So if you just start the game, you kind of really don't know why, why you're doing all this. Yeah, I mean, I kind of figured you weren't really expected to know everything and that it would all get sort of fleshed out in the phantom pain. 
Right. I didn't really know what was going on, but I kind of figured that was the way it was meant to be taken in. So set about six months after the events of Peace Walker. So after Paz tries to take over the base with Metal Gear Zeke uh, and falling to, quote-unquote, her death. Um, in February of 1975, MSF receives a letter from the IAEA, which is the nuclear inspection guys, uh, requesting that they inspect Mother Base, allegedly due to their ordering nuclear fuel uh, from Uzbekistan officials. Big Boss and Miller both realized that uh, the IAEA has been manipulated by Cypher, and the real reason was to locate Metal Gear Zeke's nuclear warhead as revenge for, the, for um, foiling their plan via pause earlier. Although they attempted to refuse the inspection... Huey uh, had secretly sent a letter indicating that they changed their minds. Way to go, Huey. Forced into a situation where they either allow the inspection to occur or draw unwanted suspicions if they had a third change of heart, Big Boss and Miller rushed to prepare for the inspections. This included sending all civilians, save for Huey, uh, which included the French orthologist. Cecile, back to their home countries, as well as sending all their armored vehicles except for Zeke to the shore alongside any rebellious personnel for mandatory R&R. Any remaining Sanandias soldiers at Mother Base uh, were sent to regroup with Amanda in Cuba, uh, and the remaining personnel were told the truth to ensure that no one accidentally exposed the existence of either Zeke or its nuke. One silver lining in all of this was they didn't need to worry about Dr. Strangelove divulging the existence of Zeke or the nuke, as she had already resigned from MSF and left Mother Base the week before. So, yeah. So that's kind of what's been going on since Peace Walker. Now, cut to uh, a week earlier. Uh, on March 6th of 1975, Miller revealed that thanks to both intercepted reports from Cypher as well as Amanda, uh, they discovered that Paz was still alive. Miller suggested that they retrieve her in order to get information on Cypher's true nature as she was their sole viable link However, because of the inspection, MSF was forced to put it off until afterwards and hoped to send Chico to meet with her, meet with his sister to distract him, as word was already spreading about her survival. Unfortunately, Chico never made it to Havana. Uh, he had snuck off the ship he was supposed to be delivered uh, while refueling and traveled via a three-day hike over the 60-mile mountainous expanse between Santiago and the prison facility Paz was held at. He then attempted to rescue Paz, narrowly evading several choppers, but ended up caught uh, when he found a prisoner who resembled Paz, resulting in his capture. Miller later discovered this from both Amanda and Big Boss and ordered for the intel team stationed in Cuba to find Chico. 
Chico was imprisoned at Camp Omega, which contained animal cages and also had bolts installed into his Achilles tendon. A few days later, during a routine torture session of Paz, Chico was taken to the group, taken with the group, O, or excuse me, XOF, to the admin building where he met the group's leader, Skullface. Skullface informed Chico that there was no hope for escape unless he was to submit to interrogation regarding Mother Base's defenses. After several interrogations, including beatings, watching Paz get stripped, raped, and beaten, and then forced Chico to have sex with Paz while Skullface watched. Jesus fucking Christ, I didn't know this. Yeah, this is intense. Yeah, Chico broke, broken from the torture, relayed everything he knew about Mother Base, including information about Zeke's existence. He then was locked back up and forced to torture Paz. Skullface, knowing Big Boss and MSF are most likely going to try and find Chico and possibly Paz, then had Chico send an SOS signal explaining where he and Paz were. True to Skullface's predictions, Big Boss and Miller realized it was only likely a trap, uh, but they left. They were left with no options but to rescue Chico and Paz. After preparations including doing a flight path and prepping a bird, as well as final briefings on the location site, Big Boss then dispatched for the coastline of Cuba, uh, with the only backup being a sole extraction chopper to arrive once he rescued Chico and Paz alongside presumably any other prisoners he managed to find. Skullface, however, still had unfinished business with Paz. He revealed that Paz was the only Cypher agent who actually met Zero face-to-face, and as such, she knew his location, and he wanted to, her to divulge his location to him, uh, as he intended to liberate himself from Cypher. After getting his location... After getting his location, after implying that this might help Big Boss, Skullface also put a bomb in Paz's stomach and another bomb inside an undisclosed part of her body. Well, we all know where that's at. Anticipating the likelihood that Big Boss would attempt to rescue her. So that's the setup. Now, we didn't know about the bombs and stuff until afterwards, but it's an hour long, so spoiler alert, she has bombs inside of her. Uh, Holy fuck. I, I didn't realize all that. Yeah, some dark shit. Hell yeah, it is. I mean, so, I guess are they just setting it up so that there's no way you can blame Chico? I, I guess. See, Chico originally went to Camp Omega because another thing they didn't actually say in the game, unless you read it through notes and stuff, was that Chico fell in love with Paz, and when he found out she was still alive, he said, "Fuck this! I'm going after her." And then he got caught. So a lot of things led to other things, <laughs> apparently. So Big Boss is sent to Camp Omega and must find Chico as well as find Paz. And that is our main objectives. Uh, and right whenever Snake or Big Boss shows up, that's when Skullface and the other higher-ups of XOF leave. 
they're not on the island anymore. Um, and they have they have the XOF badges, but then they they take them off. I don't know why. I don't know what they're trying to pose as. I don't really know who Skullface works for. Supposedly he works for Cypher, but then he's trying to find the location of Zero, which Zero is Cypher. So maybe he doesn't work for Cypher. Yeah, I thought he didn't. Hmm. And I don't know who he works for, but that you know that's that's the type of question that I'm like, all right, I don't know, I'm not expo- I'm not expected to know, and this will all be revealed on September first. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing too, because I know for a fact Skullface is in the Phantom Pain. So, two days later, March 26th at midnight, Skullface paid a final visit to Chico's cell and gave him back his Walkman. After telling Chico that Paz didn't suffer long, he told Chico to give his regards to Big Boss when he arrives. Skullface then departed for the heliport alongside XOF after masking the chopper's XOF logo with a strange light. He then commented that the Trojan horse was a go and had the group depart. He then ordered for all of the XOF personnel to dispose of their patches. However, nine of those patches survived, one of which landed on Big Boss's posture while he was scaling the cliff. Big Boss then traveled to Camp Omega after noticing his location on the iDroid, invading patrols and watchmen. I hate that name, by the way. The what? iDroid. The iDroid? Yeah. So, pretty easy to get to Chico. In fact, let's mention the big change here. And I say big change, but at the same time, it's actually familiar territory. So when you sit down with this game and you start playing it, you'll immediately say, this is an open world game. But in reality, all the Metal Gear games were open world games, right? Except for four. I mean... You can't really say one is an open world game. You can go wherever you want to, whenever you want to. You can, but there's no reason to. It's a very, you know, there's it's very linear as to what you're supposed to do. That's true, but you can say the same thing about this game. All you got to do is go get Chico and go get Paz. We're out of here. You know, the the difference is is that this game is left up to a little bit more exploration even though it's not necessary. Well, but it's also less clear how to get from where you are to where you need to be. You know, yeah. the, there's at least like three or four or five different different paths with different obstacles. I mean, that may be true, but do you still bring up a map and it says, here's where Chico probably is. Yeah. I mean, go over there and you'll probably find him. Um, I don't know. It, it is certainly not like a categorically different approach, but it, it feels so different. 
Yeah, the other thing is the way it controls, which I'll be the first to say, this is the best controlling Metal Gear I've ever played. It's funny. Seems like every one is the best that's because, ever made. <laughs> that's because they improve on it every single game. Mm-hmm. Every single game has been improved on, with the exception of Peace Walker and not being able to go prone and crawl. Yeah, that's, that was weird. Or do anything for that matter. You can't even shoot. So... But they have improved every single game as far as gameplay and control-wise goes. Um, and in it, this one – oh, go ahead. I just want to mention that this always – it doesn't surprise me, but it's all it's something I often forget about when you talk about movie sequels being worse and game sequels tend to be better. And it – you know – it, it it really is because you went from the PS1 to the PS2 to the 3 to the 4. So not only do you have all that experience, but you have all these new toys to play with. And it, it, it really makes game series in that sense so much different from movie series. Yeah. As, as a weird random aside today, I, I got somewhere I came across a message where Amazon was telling me that uh, the Land Before Time 2 was up to stream on Amazon streaming. And my immediate thought was, well, the first one was fantastic. I'll bet all the sequels are shit. You know, and, and now we're talking about the first one was good, and the sequels in, in in some ways keep getting better. And it's just weird. Not weird. Again, it's not weird. It's just an interesting and obvious difference that game series do tend to get better whereas movie series don't. Can you name a movie series that got better? Well, I, you know, a lot of ones that, that you might say got better, you know, it, it's hard to say. There are a lot of movies where there are a couple of parts that were planned together that may or may not count. Like, for me, like, I, I love the first Saw movie. Uh-huh. I like the way they expand the story and the way that you get bits from one and two tying back into three. Mm-hmm. And so I think in some ways that gets better, but that's more of a, a narrative, in a narrative sense, than a, rather than a technical sense. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars, you certainly would not say this trilogy is better. I mean... You'd be hard pressed to find people who would make that statement, but from a technical standpoint, there are many ways that it is better, yeah. or more modern. Maybe not better, but maybe not more convincing, but certainly more high tech. Yeah, I think that's one of the things about video games is because they're interactive. Um, technology just makes things better as far as a game goes, because you know. The only thing a movie has to worry about is story. And with a game, the story may get crappier, but the way the game plays can possibly get better. Yeah, I I take that point. I I wouldn't say it's just story with movies, but 
because you know there there are movies where the style of the movie is more important than the story even that's true sin city that that's a movie that for me like was all about the style of the movie and the, the story was essentially irrelevant to me yeah but 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 again whether it's style or story or any of these other things that movies do not often is it a technical breakthrough. I mean, maybe something like Avatar, you know, when you really push 3D, that's a that's a technical achievement that that movie had that movies before it didn't have. But with games, you know, obviously every new system is going to break new technical boundaries. Yeah. And, you know, The Wizard of Oz using color the way it did. You yeah. know, that's kind of cool technical upgrade to the movie that doesn't affect the story much, but you know, it, it's using the new technology to maybe tell the story in a different way or a better way. Right. You know, something that is easy to do and may, maybe it's harder to do in games because you have to keep adapting to the new technology, which means that so much of your time has to deal with that, that you don't have 100% of your time spent on the story. That's, that's a perfect example. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it, that's one thing about Metal Gear I have to give them is that every game has been an improvement over the other. I think, you know, while I don't, I don't hold Snake Eater in as high a regard as I used to. There was stuff added in that game that shaped the game that we know now. So, definitely, I think there's improvements to all of them, and I think the that it's crazy how how well this game plays, you know, going back to, to, to ground zeros. I think, you know, there's a run button now and sneaking is so intuitive and the, the small things like, yeah, they've made it a little bit more like a shooter, which yeah, you've got fucking guns. You're, it's supposed to feel like a shooter. Um, but you don't have to shoot anybody, you know? Yeah. You don't have to, but this game, I, I feel less bad about shooting people. Yeah. Because even like, I mean, in four, you can run and gun, but I almost felt like I was breaking the game when I was doing that. Yeah. I'm like, well, this game just got way easier because I'm not really supposed to be shooting these people. In this game, it feels like it was built around that. You know, and again, it's really just one mission. So I hope all this will transfer over to Phantom Pain. But it certainly did feel like it was balanced more for whether or not you decide to sneak or go in guns blazing. I've read four reviews on the Phantom Pain, um, all of which praised the game to no ends. And they said, then for the majority of it, you can play this game however the hell you want to. If you want to be sneaky, you can. If you get spotted, you can shoot your way out if you want. Mm-hmm. So, and it's it's a good transition. So, it, if it holds up in the Phantom Pain as well as it does in Ground Zeroes then I would say this is really the first game in the series that does that. Yeah. Because when you get spotted in a Metal Gear game, aside from four, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. Unless you just haul ass to the next section. So, yeah. I'm, I I mean this I mean I, one of my favorite things that they have added and it's it's a it's in 
the the Phantom Pain as well, is that you're sneaking around and a dude sees you, time slows down to a crawl, and it yep. gives you enough time to pull out your gun and shoot him dead before he calls out to anybody. That is awesome. <laughs> I can't stress that enough. Big Boss is a badass. And that small little mechanic there makes you feel like a fucking badass. You know, it's it's like bullet time, but it's only for like a split second where you can just say, all right, what do I want to do here? Do I want to try to run? Do I silence this dude? What do I do? And it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, in, in theory, it, it sounds cool. And in practice, like it, it is fun to do, and it yeah. does add a nice little, a nice little tweak to. If you're trying to be stealthy, but really you're just running around like a madman, you can try and try and fix your mistake of getting spotted. Yeah. So, um, the only thing is, is that most of the stuff is in real time now. There is no real codec calls where you're staring at a screen of snake and another guy talking, um, which they didn't really do much of that. You know, they, they, they kind of slowed it down in four. You still got those, but there was a bunch of times where you were just moving around and playing the game while somebody was talking to you in your ear. And Plus the shortage of cutscenes, scenes, yeah. the time where you're just sitting there watching. Yeah. So, um, but it's, it's interesting how they handle that stuff. So even when you pull up the map, it's still in real time, you know, everybody, you know, the guards are still running around, you know, vehicles are moving. So you're not really safe when you pull out a map either. Yeah. I found that out the hard way when my battery died on my controller <laughs> and I couldn't get to pause the game. I couldn't figure out how to pause the game. Instead, I just, I had to run into the other room charge my controller for like eight seconds, then come back and uh, just hit the, the PlayStation button to bring it back out to the menu and then go charge my controller. Cause I think that does pause the game. Yeah. It suspends it. Yeah. Thank God. Cause I'm sitting here with no controller and people patrolling around me. <laughs> so we find Chico he is in one of the dog cages. And this could be a Kojima thing. Um, why did he shove his Walkman jack into his chest? Yeah, I don't know. what I was going to ask you about that. I don't know. Because it's in his chest the whole time and it's like red and inflamed and infected. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't either. So, um, but Chico's there. He's kind of lost his mind, which after reading what he did, yeah, I yeah. I would lose my mind too. And uh, originally, he's he's afraid of Boss. He's, he's he's backing off and stuff like that. And, and unfortunately, Boss has to silence him because he keeps yelling. He don't want the guards to find out. And then other prisoners are yelling about it too. Like, hey, get me out of here too. So he he knocks out Chico, puts him in a sleeper hole. 
and uh, we have to extract him. Luckily, there is an extraction point really close to where we find him. And away from the rest of the base. Yeah. And so we call in the extraction chopper, uh, and we put him on the chopper, and that's one guy down. But while we're talking to Chico, Chico's like, she's dead. There's no reason to even go find Paz. Like, Skullface killed her. Um, but Snake has to confirm it because she has vital information about MSF. And if she spills her guts to these people, they're kind of screwed. Even though Chico already did. Yeah. So, um, but she also has information about Zero. So we could still use her. So uh, we get the cassette tape where um, Chico and Paz uh, were taken to the torture chamber. And so that's our first clue. And I have to say, the first time I played this game, I thought this was fucking brilliant. So you have to play the cassette and listen to where they pass. So you'll hear like a flagpole. And you'll hear um, a, a gate opening and stuff like that. So you have to basically follow that on foot by listening. So you listen to the cassette however you want to. And then you follow like, okay, he went past a flagpole. So let's go find the flag. And then we go find a big gate and all this other stuff. And I thought that was really cool how they how they had you navigate that stuff. Yeah, I thought that worked a lot better than listen to the Quetzal call. Oh, in, yeah. In reality, don't listen to the Quetzal call and just look for the guy in the orange vest. Yeah. But this was handled really, really good. Um, and I kind of love the cassette tapes. Like just this listening to them and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. We have we've had audio files before. You know, Bioshock did it, stuff like that. But I don't know what it is about this one. It's just like it really gives off like somebody is standing there with a recorder, and 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 you know they're still moving around. And you hear stuff in the background. It's really atmospheric. Yeah, I do tend to like them in games like this. I mean, even going back to. Again, Resident Evil, they're not audio, audio files, but when you find those little journal entries... Oh, yeah. Like, that, to me, added so much to those games in the same way that it does in Bioshock and hopefully will throughout the Phantom Pain. Yeah. So, um... We... I, I guess we'll just go ahead and we, we reach the torture area and pause there. And, um... Pause is still alive. And she's she's uh, she's completely gone. She's she's just she's mumbling and 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 incoherent and broken. And so, big boss is like, "I'm taking you out of here." And uh, we um we run for the extraction point again. I used the same one. Oh, did you really? Yeah. See, I, this. And basically the end part here, for me, was the had all the extremes of my emotions when playing this game. Because, you know, I'm carrying her out, and I get to a point, I get to one of the big gate, basically, 
Uh-huh. We're just about to enter the helipad area and sort of the, the middle of the base. And, uh, you know, I put her down and I went to try and silence a couple of guards, you know, and then they've got like an armored vehicle out there. And I'm just like, shit, I don't even know if this is where I'm supposed to go. Because I'm like, I don't think I have the firepower or the capabilities right now of dealing with an armored car plus all like 10 guards. And so when I was playing, I was just kind of like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I don't, you know, I, I wish I had a little more direction, you know, and then I finally get through it and finish this part. And I'm like, that was actually amazing because I really had no idea if I was going the right way. And the the whole point of it was you go the way you want to go. Yeah. And, and th- this part right here really drove that home to me when I had set pause down and then I was off doing something else to try and make myself a way out of this base. I, I don't know. I, at the time I was doing it, I was uncertain and now looking back at it, I'm like, that was amazing. From what I understand, that is all the Phantom Pain. It's basically, you have an objective, do it however the fuck you want to. You know, you want to sneak in without anybody seeing you. You want to go in, you want to put some fucking C4 on the, the, the front gates and blast your way in, you can. You want to call in an airstrike to do your dirty work, you can. It's crazy. Like, the, the, the potential here... For the Phantom Pain is through the fucking roof. Now, so. I know you you did say that the reviews you read were unabashedly positive, but there's one thing that I sort of took. I only read, I only skimmed a, a couple of reviews. But between that and, and what I've played... I'm I'm a little nervous that we're going to have a very excellent game that's only a mediocre Metal Gear game. Yeah, that's that's the one takeaway I took from those reviews is that everyone has said that story is second to the gameplay, which worries me a little bit. Yeah, me too. Because I fucking love the story of Metal Gear. Now, the stuff that I've seen in the trailers, they show some pretty crazy stuff. And a lot of Metal Gear stuff. I see Snake getting chased by a Metal Gear in one of them. And that looks awesome. Um, but how big and how predominant that stuff is remains to be seen. I'm not yeah. going to pass judgment until I see it, but I have a distinct feeling this is going to be a mild Metal Gear game compared to other games in the series. Well, which may make sense. I mean, if you look at 3 into Peace Walker into Phantom Pain, they all sort of have that... Not, not linear, not really subdued, just not quite as batshit crazy yeah which truth be told I'm kind of hoping for batshit um like I said there, there's so many fucking conspiracy theories out there and stuff like that and and 
just, just you know, everybody has their own theories on stuff. So, do you now believe that the reviewers are in on the conspiracy? No. For not telling you how crazy it is? I think the reviewers are obviously not telling us big stuff that happens. Sure. But I don't think they're in on the conspiracy, no. Um, it's not a lot of, you know, it's not as crazy story-wise. You think that's the truth? I think that's the truth. Yeah, I do too. Because, I mean, they have been really, really ambitious with the Phantom Pain as far as I can tell. And and then making a fucking amazing playing game, uh, which I firmly believe it will be great to play. And there will be crazy moments of like, holy shit, I just did that. Um, but as far as like story bits go, I have a feeling it's not going to be as crazy. Truth be told, Peace Walker wasn't really that crazy. Right. Again, I, I think three and Peace Walker have a very similar approach when it comes to the way they're telling their stories. Yeah. And I have a feeling that this is going, Phantom Pain is going to be a kind of like a ramped up version of Peace Walker. Yeah. Where you're going to get probably a few story beats here and there in between missions, but there's probably going to be like maybe three or four really big cutscene driven moments. Uh, but this is all speculation. I have no idea. I don't even know what to expect. So we're going to see, but anyway, uh, so yeah, we get pause and, uh, we escape, the island, and we're on our way back to Mother Base. And when we get there, we start noticing that, that some of the places are on fire. And then we pull up to the full-on Mother Base, and it is ablaze. And there's a lot of people on Mother Base fighting each other. Oh, it was a fucking trap. But on our way there, as we talked about in the first part of the show, um, Chico is there with Paz on the helicopter. And he's looking over Paz and notices that she has a gigantic gash in her stomach that's been sewed up. And Snake takes a look at it and then calls for a medic. There is something inside of her stomach. Cut to a fucking gruesome fucking scene. Yeah, doesn't he tell Chico to hold her guts in? Uh, no, the, the the doctor does. Doctor uh, does. Yeah, the doctor is like, got like hold on to her guts. Yeah, it's crazy. Or don't let her gut come out. Um, and then no, Chico's like holding her down. Um. Which, I'll go ahead and just mention it now. Keith or Sutherland has taken over the voice of Big Boss in this game. And while he is no David Hater, and never will be, I think he does a pretty damn good job here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, he... he 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 is he he he's not big boss. He he's not snake, but he it's okay. That's the thing. Like it's it's not it's not David Hater, but 
it's so weird how to how do I even describe my feelings for this? I'm like pretty good runner up. Yeah, he's he's not bad. Especially better. Yeah, especially in this scene right here when he's like, you know, he's calling for the medic and he's like he's telling Seagull says, Hold her down, you know, and, and it's like I was in that fucking moment. You know, I was like, Oh shit. You know, and then then like the fucking he's cutting you know the the stitches out, and then they pulling the fucking bomb out of her stomach, and everybody, you know, she's screaming, and it's it's fucking crazy. In the back of a helicopter, not in a you know not on an operating table. Yeah. You know, it, it's as heightened as it can get, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So um, they're able to take the bomb out. He throws it out the uh, out the the hatch. Uh, and then we come into Mother Base. It's a blaze. Everybody's fighting. Um, and Snake lands, and uh, he sees Kaz there fighting against these forces, which we're guessing is Cipher, or it could be the no, it's the um, Skullface guys. I don't know what these guys are. XOF maybe. XOF. So, uh, uh, he grabs Kaz and, uh, loads him onto the helicopter. Uh, and he, he's watching all of his comrades get killed. And, um, Kaz is very, very pissed. He's, you know, he, he's, he's grabbing a hold of, um, Paz and he's like, you're the reason why all this shit's happening. He's wanting to know where Zero is. And she's she's still lethargic, and she tells Snake that there was another bomb, and um, she jumps out of the hatch, out of the helicopter. Two seconds too late. As she falls, she explodes, and you see the explosion overtake Snake and the helicopter itself. As it crashes. So obviously, what we're what we're seeing here is infamous, and this skull face is Snake after he's been burned. Now come back in time. You know, <laughs> that's actually not a bad theory. Um. But Even yeah. if he's old, I don't think he'd be wearing a suit. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't think time travel was involved. No, I don't think so either. But the but if you watch the last trailer, um, the last uh, Phantom Pain trailer that Hideo Kojima directed, he's he's always been known to direct his own trailers for his games. And the uh, the last trailer, the final trailer for the launch trailers, they call it. Um, it has a scene of Big Boss walking through a hallway, and every time he goes under a light, he's changing. He's regular Big Boss, then he changes to scarred Big Boss with with that shrapnel horn in his head. And then he comes against another light and he's bloodied all over the place. And then he comes through another light 
and it's actually Skullface. And I don't know what kind of foreshadowing that is. Mm. But it's very interesting. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. It doesn't sound like it gives anything away story wise. No, no, it doesn't give anything away, but it's 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 a very, very interesting uh trailer. It starts off with like a legacy. It shows like scenes of Metal Gear, Metal Gear Two, you know, Metal Gear Solid. It shows it shows all that stuff. Um But yeah, that's that's where it ends. It ends with an explosion from Paws and Snake and Kaz getting caught up in an explosion and their helicopter going down. So at least this does justify then why we would have to rebuild essentially the MSF, right? I, I believe so, yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, yeah, that... Uh, they just retconned all my work in Peace Walker out of the story. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it's, um, that, that, I think that's pretty much what has happened. Um, but after the credits, we do get a small snippet of what's going to happen in, uh, the Phantom Pain, which it shows, uh, Big Boss on an operating table. And, uh, Kaz is there. He's in a operating table next to him and he's like don't fucking die on me and the doctors are all trying to work on him and keep him alive and um it shows uh through the eyes of snake or through the eye of snake um him waking up in a hospital bed and uh a doctor that that same doctor who's doing that ted talks that the <laughs> um he comes in and says that uh You've been in a coma for eight years, or nine years, actually. So Snake has been awakened. He is missing an arm. So. Maybe his throat was damaged. That's why he now sounds suspiciously like Keeper Sutherland. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know what's going on there. So, I can't wait to find out, though. I can't either. Oh, man, I can't wait. So now we know how Snake got his horn. It's a piece of shrapnel stuck in his skull. So, that's it. Did There's you... some other bits in the other uh, missions. Yeah, there's a few. At least the one where you get Kojima. Yeah. You get Kojima as your pilot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are the side missions. You unlock some side missions where you can go back to the base. Non-canonical, obviously. Uh, yeah, I like how they get around that, though, when they say it's what, like, pseudo-historical recreations? Yeah, VR missions. <laughs> you're doing missions that took place elsewhere, but you're just playing them out. In this set of bases, yeah. Space. Um, and there's like an assassination uh, mission. There's a rescue mission. There's an intel mission. So I there's one because that's the one I think where you start off in the helicopter, and you know, like half the level is basically you taking people out from the helicopter. Yeah, and, and go grab him and clear your own path out of there again, back to the helicopter. 
Right. It was a fun little little change of pace. But it's um, it's pretty well done. Uh, it's a little short, but it's just a nice little taste of what you're gonna get. At least with something this short, there is decent replayability. Yeah. With the other missions, and you know they they basically are showing you all the things you don't have yet to incentivize going back to replay it to try and get them. Right. Not to mention the things that will carry. Apparently, all the stuff's going to carry over some of the stuff. Um, like all the POWs you rescue will be in the Phantom Pain already. Interesting. And, you know, which when I played through the main story part, I rescued Chico and then I left. But all those other guys in the cages, you can go back and rescue, and they'll be at Mother Base waiting for you, and, and you start. Yeah. So I mean, that's another good little incentive to. To replay it, I mean, in the end, there's still no way you can justify thirty bucks. I think, but you know, if you were to get, I think it's probably worth fifteen. Hmm. Or so I don't know. I paid seven, and then I then I played the version I played was the PS4 version, which I got for free. And this month it's free on Xbox One. So, but anyway, we got some emails. Uh, I think three, in fact. Uh, the first one comes from Sam. Sam in Seattle writes, uh, Drew, I wasn't talking shit about your game playing skills in my last email. My wording was just fucky. <laughs> Thanks for making me sound like an asshole. <laughs> Joking aside, Ground Zeroes is so damn good. I love the atmosphere. I put on my Astros, cranked up the volume, and was immersed in it. I hope y'all enjoy it as much as I did, though it was brief, even though it was brief. Um, is it hard? With game headphones on. What's that now? The sound is so good. I would love to play it with headphones on. Use the PS4 Gold ones. Do you have those? No. Oh. Um, that's what I use, and they do a very good well job with, with sound and stuff. Apparently, there is a Until Dawn uh, download that you can actually see the, the, the gold ones. They come with a companion app that will allow you to uh, certain games. They develop um, sound qualities for the gold headsets and you can, you can download them and they, they, they tailor it specifically for those headsets. So that is, is it the gold? That's the one they're re-releasing in the 20th anniversary. That is correct. Motif. Mm Mm-hmm. They're wireless, and I cannot suggest them enough. They are absolutely fantastic. That might be a nice splurge because I'm playing up in this, you know, this office. So all it's just TV speakers. It's not like I have surround sound up here. Right. That might be a nice easy way in. Anyway, uh, he says here: Is it hard for you guys to get used to Kiefer as Snake? Uh, not knocking this work, but after so many years of David Hayter, it's going to take a minute for me to warm up to him. Uh, who the hell is, who the hell or what is Skullface? Half of me thinks Big Boss from the future <laughs> or, or some weird shit, hence the burned face, but that's too bonkers. The other half of me thinks it's Decoy Octopus. Now there is an idea. I like your phrase, though. That's too bonkers. I don't think that that phrase really applies to 
No, not Metal Gear. Uh, have either of you had the issue with Ground Zeroes? After finishing the main mission, you will try to go to Mission Select to do a side op, but the side ops are unavailable, and it just reboots the main mission story. No, I didn't have that problem. This is, yeah. maybe, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Who knows? It says, uh, I missed getting the collector's edition from a physical location, but snagged it on GameStop online recently. Hope it ships on time. Might go to a local midnight release anyways for the fun. Uh, where are you guys getting your copies and what edition? Um, I was originally going to get a physical copy at GameStop and go to the midnight release. Uh, but then I called my GameStop today and he told me that they were not having a midnight release for it. So then I canceled my pre-order there and then went digital. Hmm. Because. What now? So you are the future. Yeah, I dude, I I want to play this when it comes out. That's my thing, which I'm sure it will take forever to download. But we're gonna try it anyway. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm not gonna be able to play it till I get out of work. So anyway, so I ordered it from GameStop, and I'll just swing by there and pick it up on my way home. Yeah, I don't know, what ten minutes on ten minutes that I could have been playing it that I'm not. That's true. But see, I'm taking the days off. I'm taking two days off for this game. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So I want to play when I when I can. In the morning. Yeah, in the morning. I'm going to wake up at like 6 a.m. and start playing it. Um, it says, can't wait for Metal Gear Solid 5 and hear everyone's impressions and varying experiences. Getting soldiers stolen by people on your friends list. Uh, have a great show, guys. Thank you very much for that email. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have another email uh, from Dustin. It says, uh, what's up, guys? First off, Matt, I hope you killed that cat and replaced it with a dog or a fish or something that won't wreck TVs. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could. Says, uh, the, my, my walk of shame and just take this TV and just slowly trudge out to the dumpster. <laughs> it off, Give it a, a send-off, you know, hardly knew you. Yep. I, used it, I used it like six times, and that's it. Oh, fuck. So here it says, that's a terrible loss. I feel your pain. Uh, second, I've been enjoying uh, your Metal Gear Solid run and booted up Peace Walker since it's been in my backlog for a while, and I got to say, I wasn't impressed with it. I blew through the story, which wasn't all that special or crazy. I wasn't impressed with every boss being a vehicle or mech, and I was annoyed when watching the cutscenes, which were well done, but then interrupted by QTE when I least expected it. Uh, I haven't had much time to game this month, so I skipped the side ops and focused on main ops while trying to Fulton everyone I could till I ran out of supplies. I didn't mind the structure of the game since I was on my PSP and playing in short bursts. Nice. I did. I, I kind of wish I had played it on the PSP, but... Uh, I did enjoy the challenge I had with the Peace Walker Battle 2 since I was ill-equipped, but I managed to beat it after what seemed like forever. <laughs> yep. uh, let's see here. But when I was looking at a fact, I saw there's a true ending after I... After and I knew I didn't have the time to grind out the missions and look for that guy, so unshamefully I downloaded a save off GameFAQs because I wanted to have at least experienced the Metal Gear Zeke fight and save some time. So I went in 
got all the cutscenes, killed him easy since the save was overpowered, and got to see the true ending. However, scrolling through some extra ops, there's a couple that stand out. One is called Date with Paws. So I checked it out, and it's basically you flirting with Paws till she follows you, and then you whip out a love box, and she crawls in, and it shakes. Then she makes some quip about how quick that was. <laughs> I forgot to even mention that. But yeah, I, I did that too. And then I also looked up, how do you S-rank this? <laughs> <laughs> which apparently you S rank it by wearing the tuxedo saying everything you can that makes her happy and then inviting her into the love box. Uh, and then he says, what's scarier than that mission is date with cause <laughs> It's the same thing, but with Miller, I shouldn't have to explain. I could have done without either of them, but at least you find out pause is older than just a teenager in ground zeros. Speaking of that, I finally played through that as well, and I was screwing up the controls left and right, trying to use the PSP controls. Mm. <laughs> but I got the hang of them by the end, and man, what an ending that was. So your Peace Walker had me so, so, so on the series, but Ground Zeroes has me pumped for the Phantom Pain, and I can't wait to dig in. I have a half-finished save file from Portable Ops I'm going to try to power through before Phantom Pain, but I don't get it. But if I don't get it, I'm sure I will someday. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I would really like to finish up Portable Ops. Um, I, I'm not going to get to it before Phantom Pain, but at some point, it has to be done. Yeah. Says here, I'm liking. I'm really liking your future schedule of games. I'm not sure I'll play Eternal Darkness with you guys since I've beat it already, but it's been years, so I might have to. Regardless, I'll enjoy listening to it. I'm looking forward to The Witcher Two play for sure. Are you guys planning on doing a one-off uh, with three, or have an actual series of it? I can't wait to jump into that after we finish up two. I I have debated doing three and I have a feeling that game is far too large. I personally would like to take my time with the Witcher three and trying to do a schedule with it would just, it would kind of take away from it for me. So if Matt and I want to sit down and talk about the Witcher three at some point next year and just say, Hey, was this part really cool? We can. Um, but as far as us doing an ongoing series, I think we're going to skip that one. Unless you have different opinions, Matt. No, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the same bow. I almost more due to the, just the length of it. I mean, it's the kind of thing where I think if we recorded every week about it, there wouldn't be a whole lot to say. Yeah. You know, because you could easily spend a whole week doing side quests and not have any story to talk about. Yeah. And if we did it every other week, it would still end up taking a month and a half. And then we would just, we'd be missing out on a lot of potential episodes. But yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll probably have a intermission next year sometime just talking about The Witcher 3. I'd I'd totally be fine with that. Kind of like how we're doing with Metal Gear Solid 5. Yeah, just sit down. You know, we want to get into spoiler territory. We can, and just talk about the game. 
Let's see here. It says, uh, then comes January and I hear chatter of Persona 4, which happens to be in my backlog as well. So I'll be playing that along with you guys as well. I want to do Persona 4. <laughs> yeah, I certainly do too. I liked 3 and then started to play 4 immediately after and thought that was even better than 3. It is. 4 has so many improvements that are so well done. I mean, I put over 20 hours in 4. Oh, you did? Yeah. I mean, I played a lot of 4. I loved it. Um, 4 is... Persona 4 is one of the best role-playing games I've ever played. Agreed. Um, I don't know if I could rank it, but I, I it is most certainly up there. Uh, so here, looking at this year, you two kind of have a series trend going on. So if so, then why not do Persona 1, 2, 3 as well? Uh, are you planning on finishing the Parasite Eve series in the future? And how about Rare Replay? That game has great potential of being on the show with Banjo-Kazooie series and some Jet Force Gemini. And can't forget Conquer. Uh, to answer that... Um, I'm sure we're probably going to do Parasite Eve 2 next year sometime. Yeah, I hope so. I'd like to get to the book and read the book before we, before we record. Yeah. Um, I'm totally down for Parasite Eve 2. As far as Persona goes, uh, Persona 3, you got to keep in mind, Persona games are long, long games. That was a full 60 hours. Yeah, Persona 3 was the longest series we did whenever we did Game Club. So that's one of the things. We've already done Persona 3, Matt and I have, and talked about it on a podcast. Uh, unfortunately, you can't listen to those um, because they are disappeared. They're gone. Unless, do you have them, Matt? I believe I do have them, actually. Really? Huh. We might need to find a way to like put those up because I'm curious of how those are because we had like five people playing Persona Three with us. Start, yeah, to start, and Mike jumped out. I think the second episode. Yeah, I think so. I'm surprised Nate lasted as long as he did. <laughs> and then it was just me and you and Mike Futter <laughs> for a while there. And then Matt technically was the only person that beat the game, but he got the cheap ending. Uh, went on a technicality. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I did I did have to. It was like seven episodes we did. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was a long one. Um, And I really love Persona 3, but I can't do that again. <laughs> and Persona 1 and 2, I have actually played those. In fact, I reviewed... Uh, Eternal Punishment, I think. No, it was Innocent Sin. I reviewed, the, so there's two Persona 2s. There's uh, Eternal Punishment and Innocent Sin. I reviewed Innocent Sin. Uh, they released it on the PSP uh, a few a few years ago. Those games are rough. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, you can play them, but they are like really old school, hardcore RPGs. Yeah, uh, I have them both. But you're right there. You got to really put some effort forward to make it through those. I think it's not easy to get into them. And I don't mean the gameplay. I mean the experience. Yeah. So I have to mention because uh, it, it, it was amazing 
and this is one of the perks I get for working for ZTGD. Back in the day, Atlas wasn't that big of a company. I'm talking like probably in 2010 and 2011. Uh, they, you know, they, their big hits were obviously the Persona over here in the U.S. were like Persona and stuff like that. And I reviewed an Atlas game, and one of the PR people uh, loved my review and decided to give me every Atlas game on a Sony platform ever. Um, they gave me. All the personas, um, let's see here, 3D Dot Game Heroes. Um, I don't think Catherine was out at the time, but it was everything you could get on like PS3 and PS Vita. It was like that they just gave, sent an email with all these codes and said, We appreciate what you guys do for us. Here's every fucking game that you can get. And like Crimson Gem Saga was one of them, which actually sparked <laughs> us doing it for the show. Um, and like, I got a ton of nights in the nightmare, all that stuff. Oh yeah. I have a lot of those. I mean, those have been on sale so many times and they're all pretty decent. Yeah. Which is in, in the end why I think I, I have such fond memories of my PSP, mm-hmm. which is because especially at the end, you know, I had a lot of RPGs to play and even reviewed some of them for ZTGD. Yeah. And, uh, they were all, all at least decent. Yeah. They make some hardcore role-playing games. And try to do different things with them. Yeah. And uh, it says here, uh, one last series that's kind of a long shot would be uh, the Xenosaga trilogy. I need to get around to playing that, and this podcast gives me a good excuse to clear up a lot of my backlog, which I appreciate. Man, you want to talk about some long ass games? The Xenosaga series, like, even like when I played them when I was like younger and had time, I even said, wow, these are long games. <laughs> that is kind of a long shot. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I doubt we'll ever do Xenosaga. <laughs> Although there are cool games. I know Ken even likes them, and he doesn't really like role-playing games like that. Um, but yeah. Anyway. I would really like to consider Banjo-Kazooie, though, because I have never played any of those games. Basically, on Rare Replay, I haven't played any of the games, period. Really? The, the one that I have played that I'm excited to replay... With that is Battletoads, and that's it. Hmm. I've never played Cameo. I've never played Banjo-Kazooie. And I hear good things, uh, but I never had it at 64. Yeah. That, you know what? We always mention Cameo. We may actually do that next year. I'd be down for Cameo. Yeah, I would too. Which then makes it easy. That means I'll play Banjo-Kazooie. No. And not came hey. because those are the two I was trying to toss up. Right. This is uh, keep up the good work, guys. Can't wait to play more games with you. Thank you very much, Dustin. 
He puts Jamie to shame his, his length of emails. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I like long emails. Yeah, I also like some good game suggestions like that. Absolutely. Suggest more games to us, guys. Um, I know we've, we've got Eternal Darkness for this Halloween, but fuck. Time goes by so fast. Let's start thinking about next Halloween. Give us a fucking scary ass game. I want, I want, I want to be scared out of my mind because truth be told, nothing really scared me that we've ever did. Not amnesia. Well, that wasn't for Halloween. I'm thinking, no. I'm just saying, oh yeah, amnesia scared the living shit out of me. <laughs> that game is fucking creepy. Yeah, that game is creepy as shit. Like when that invisible thing in the water is chasing you. Oh my God. Um, so but, if we don't do it for Halloween, we should. And I don't. I think I don't know if you've already played it, but the the sequel. You don't want to play that game. Um, I reviewed it for the website. It it came out right next to uh, Outlast. Uh huh. Outlast is ten times superior than that. Uh, Amnesia is far too short. Like a machine for pigs, is yeah. is is far too short, and they they don't do the scare correctly. So in Amnesia, the original one, you could you know there was something behind you and you didn't know it, and when you turned around, there it was, kind of thing. Um, or you know something's chasing you. Now stuff chases you in a machine for pigs, but the difference is, is that you have a lantern, and you always know. When something is about to come and get you because your lantern starts to flicker. And that completely breaks the immersion. Mm. And I was like, really? I mean, don't get me wrong. The things that chase you are fucking weird. They're like this like hybrid human pig thing. But I was just like, I, w- it w- I left on such a down note. Because I actually I, got, I completely completed that game. I think it took maybe four hours. If that... I can't really remember. I'd have to go back and look at my review. But um that you know, within a month of that coming out, Outlast came out. I reviewed it for the site. Outlast is fucking fantastic. Did you play Outlast, Matt? What is that the one that's set in the insane asylum? Yes. Were you yeah. using the camera? Yeah, I played part of it. Yeah. What'd you think? I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. I I love that game. I've played it three times. Oh, damn. I played it for review. Uh, I then played it for our... It was a live stream that we did. We did a, li- a 24-hour live stream, me and Jay, uh, where we played for exactly for 24 hours. Me and Jay took shifts. And I played through the entirety of Outlast a second time on the stream. And had a bunch of people watching me. Mm. And I still screamed. <laughs> I still screamed. Um, it, it's all on YouTube if you want to watch it. The entirety of Outlast. And I, there's some fucking great scares in there. And I have, I have a camera on me. I got the lights turned off so it looks like all you can see is like the computer screen. Like, like reflecting on my face. So it, it's fantastic. There's some really good ones in there. Uh, but yeah. I don't know. Any other games? Isn't Soma coming out soon? 
Yeah, I haven't heard much about that lately. Yeah, I haven't either. I've seen weird trailers about it with like live action people talking to a robot. Hmm. Um, and we got our final email, which comes from Jamie. And she says, hi guys. So I guess this is just to prep a person for phantom pain, which is cool. I like the idea, but I think it's going to take a lot more than this to get used to it. I didn't want to replay Ground Zeroes, but I might just to get the controls. I think I called Miller repeatedly and kept punching the air just trying to figure out how to equip things. It's especially hard since every game has had such similar controls. But saying that, I did like it once I got used to it. I also got lost a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. The map was not useful to me at all, and I basically navigated by going in a direction and waiting for Miller to tell me I was going on the right track, or I hit a checkpoint. So it took forever. Hopefully I figured that bit out, or Phantom Pain is going to be painful. I'm just so used to Metal Gear telling me where to go. Uh, Let's see here. Can we talk about the voice? Oh, so bad. I kept thinking, shut you, shut up, you pretender. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope you're right in your suspicions, Drew. Get out of here, Jack Bauer. Yeah, I know it. Uh, story-wise, I was pretty pissed off when they destroyed my base. How dare you destroy everything I've created? <laughs> it took a lot of time to get that base where it is. Yeah, no shit. Uh, was my basic reaction. Not so angry when Paz killed herself. <laughs> Last time I saw her, she was trying to blow up the world, so I'm okay with her being gone. She's so tiny, though. I wonder how they missed another bomb inside of her. (laughs) I mean, are we in the assumption that it was, you know, in her vagina? It has to be. She didn't have any other cuts. That's true. Unless they showed up her butt. I mean, it could have been a... It didn't look like a small one. No. <laughs> it was a gigantic explosion. I don't know. I'm just saying. Anyway. I'm just saying. We didn't see her blow up. I, I, I saw an explosion came from where her body was. <laughs> I have a feeling Paz is dead. Will she come back in a floating AI pod? Maybe. I don't know. You can't, you you don't, you, there is no assumptions in Metal Gear. Yeah. So, uh, so here, uh, playing this has made me really excited for the Phantom Pain. Unfortunately, I don't have enough vacation booked for a whole week, so I'll have to do a couple of days of dedicated gaming. I'm really looking forward to it. I wonder if Johnny's grandpa will be in it. <laughs> I hope so. Me too. But that's it. Thank you, Jamie. And that is all our emails for this week. Yeah. Prepare yourselves. We made it all the way through. Yeah. Surprisingly, we have made it. And as Ken was afraid that we would have Metal Gear fatigue, I'm the exact opposite. Yep. I am so ready for the Phantom Pain. I can't wait. And specifically, again, I, I think that Peace Walker was more enjoyable for me having just played three. 
And I think three was better playing Peace Walker right after it. Now, the degree to which those games will help this game for me, you know, depends on how much overlap there is. But I mean, if you if you hadn't played Peace Walker and didn't know Paz and Kaz and Chico, I mean, it it, it wouldn't be the same game. I don't think. No. So the fact that we played those recently, I think, yeah, I'm with you. I, I do not have any Metal Gear fatigue, and I'm even more excited than I would have been otherwise. Yeah, particularly Cause, because Cause is a major player in the Phantom Pain, and he was introduced in, you know, Peace Walker. So, you know, that that's some vital information that you need. So I think you know, Peace Walkers kind of is needed to be played so Although they, they negate some of that need by blowing up the base that you spent the whole the whole game building oh, that's true now it's time to get our revenge so but yeah that's it i do appreciate everybody listening um more emails you can you, we're going to be collecting them for the next couple weeks uh, and uh, we'll read them all off on the show. But you can send me an email. It's drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can also tweet to us. I'm at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Uh, it's going to be a little while, um, depending. Uh, we may try to squeeze in a intermission show in between there, but... You're not going to hear much from us for at least two weeks, um, probably more. Um, so, you know, if you guys want to take your time with the Phantom Pain, you can. But I will go ahead and say the next recording that we do, we will spoil everything that has to do with the Phantom Pain. So before you listen to the next real episode, you need to finish the Phantom Pain. You know, we're not going to be like, oh, spoiler alert or anything like that. We're just going to sit down and talk about what happens in that game. So just fair warning to everybody. But yeah, that's it for us. I thought this was going to be a short show, but come to find out it's decently sized. Yeah, some good emails. Yeah, tons of emails. I want a lot of emails. I want emails from everybody that's listening to us. Everybody who has stuck with us throughout Metal Gear, send us an email. Even if it is just to say, fuck you, Drew. I'm fine with that. Or if you do have a theory or want to weigh in on what you might think the conspiracy theory is. Absolutely. If they come in in the next week and then we play the game and we get sort of the retroactive, here's what everybody thought was going to happen. Yeah, and here's what's, what actually, actually happened. Yeah. Uh, that that would be great, too. So um, what I'll do is if you guys want to send your theories uh, through email, I will read the emails before we get into the discussion of the game, and then we get into the discussion of the game. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be fun. And we'll see how wrong everybody was, <laughs> um, including myself, because I'm sure I'm an idiot when it comes to figuring this stuff out, but, but yeah, that's it for us this week. Um, we, 
I'll, I'm going to do my best. If Matt, if, if Matt doesn't record one, I'll try to get somebody on to do an intermission in between. Um, but yeah, we, we'll try to get one more show out before we take a decent amount of time off to play the Phantom Pain and then talk about it. So, um, that's it for us. Um, like I said, I appreciate everybody listening and I hope you all enjoy the Phantom Pain. But until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we are out of here. Hope you guys have a great week. And, uh, we'll be back with an intermission show. And then, Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain. Thank you.